but 22 miles of gasoline in Florida is only $1.80. Right, because it's half a gallon. So less. there's no point to using public chargers ever with this car unless the unless you're somewhere where gas is so expensive right. that public juice is somehow cheaper. Mm-hmm. Who you want to talk about the f***ing Cybertruck? Do you want to talk about the Cybertruck? I pick... 124 in honor of John's birthday. 124. Oh, because, yeah, January 24th is John's birthday. 124. The winner is... Awesome. It's your Cybertruck. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Today, it's a cruise show. My first show back from my Florida vacation where I spent a week with the Toyota Prius. I am so excited about the new Prius, and uh, I give my full review. Plus, Zach spent a week here in California with the new Toyota Prius, totally coincidentally. So we've got an awful lot to say about it. I went boating, I killed iguanas, and I was in the islands. Not those islands, not like Jamaica islands. I was in the Florida Keys. Plus, we're going to talk about the Cybertruck, what I got wrong and what I got right about that. Some people are going to get to uh, watch me eat some crow, but also maybe not. It's a crew show on the Smoking Tire Podcast. Hey, folks. Uh, it's uh, what day is it? Sunday. Sunday. It's Sunday. I should have known because there was no traffic when I went to the South Bay and back. Uh, welcome to the program. Hannah's here. Uh, today is the day that we are going to pick a winner of our uh, watch giveaway. This has been a really interesting and uh, fun process. Um, Hannah went uh, well out of her way categorizing 617 um, individual entries from the email. Uh, there, there was not a confirmation email, but believe me, we got the emails. You checked the spam folder too, Han, right? I sure did. Okay. Um, so I want to get to that. In just a second, because we have uh, we have not just we're not just going to pick the winner, um, and and see who's going to get this prototype uh, Notice Canyon uh, watch, but um, we also have some amazing uh, stats that uh, Hannah has compiled about the entrance and about um, some of the some of the, the the good we did and some of the people that that we helped. Um, but before we get to that, I have to issue a correction from the podcast that we did in the Mustang, the Dark Horse. Um, a couple people called uh, called us out on this one. Uh, some were much nicer than others. Um, uh, important to note that uh, this was an innocent mistake. Uh, I saw a thing on the internet when it happened, and then I didn't see the correction that happened sometime later, the fact check. Mm-hmm. So if, if we were doing that show from the studio, Zach probably would have found it. And, Zach, mm-hmm. you can make my computer the sure. source. Here's the fact check. I talked about um, yeah. I talked about this photo that was shown that appeared to show Border Patrol people whipping migrants, uh, Haitian migrants. Turns out the Border Patrol did not whip the Haitian migrants. Mm-hmm. Now, if you read this article from Politico that a lot of people sent me to, to prove that this was not – they didn't whip the migrants. If you actually read the article, they did some really fucked up things to the migrants. They were screaming racist shit at them. They were using excessive force, but no whipping. Yeah. No whipping. There was like a big investigation yeah, into yeah. it. So. Big investigation, no whipping, other fucked up things. 
So I apologize for spreading what turned out to be quote fake news, and uh, and when I when I when I find out that I said something that's factually incorrect, I genuinely feel bad about it. It really bothers me. It Hannah can tell you we were on vacation and it did not. It was not a good morning for me when I found out <laughs> about me. this or Hannah. Turns out. I know. Right? I was, just, like, I was reading these things like, oh, he's out of town. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. And so Zach did cut it from the podcast, mm-hmm. but we didn't cut it to, to to cover up a mistake. That wasn't the intention. We cut it in order to prevent it from going further. Yeah. And this is the correction where I apologize and admit to saying the wrong thing. So I also just, while before we move on from that, keep my computer as a source, Zach, okay. because I have some some... You know, some other uh, well-researched stories that I just want to show. Um, this one from The Intercept uh, shows about, uh, uh, I read, is this one I recommend strongly about how the Border Patrol is incredibly fucked up in the way they treat people and has uh, basically no accountability uh, whatsoever. I do recommend reading that. That's a very thorough uh, article. This report uh, is from... The uh, 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 the advocacy for human rights in the Americas and the executive summary here. I read the whole thing, but the executive summary basically says that they uh, they regularly abuse human rights uh, with no accountability whatsoever. And then uh, this piece here is uh, this is from Human Rights Watch. And uh, this uh, details major human rights abuses by the Border Patrol. And so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to to throw that out there just before anyone gets too defensive of the Border Patrol. But they didn't whip people in that photo. Good? Moving on. Okay. Right. Just wanted to put that out there because, you know, those stories aren't believable. You know, they were like, you're believing the fucking, you believed the photo. It's like, well, there's a reason that is believable. And it's because they the track have record's a, not great. The track record is pretty fucking mm-hmm. shit. Just saying. Um, it's like when people say, like, Alfa is not that unreliable anymore. You're like, my bad. Yeah. But. <laughs> my, but, but I said that because <laughs> of something. So, uh, sorry to spring that one on, uh, on Hannah, but I felt like it was important to do the fact check up front. Um, yeah, this wasn't in the agenda. I it wasn't. Ahead of it was not. It was not in the meeting notes. Hannah, your thoughts. Um, oh, so glad you asked. Yeah. Um, okay. So, let's talk about the contest. We we basically made three ways to enter. You could sign up with Be the Match to be a donor. You could donate blood or platelets at your local hospital, Red Cross, or donation center. Um, and or or if you phys- the idea was that you donated of yourself, but if you're physically unable, there's a lot of reasons people might not be able to physically do that. Mm-hmm. So we did have a cash donation option. You could give $100 or more uh, to be the match. So it seems like um, you already gave the stats to G, right? She knows about the stats. I I gave a quick rundown of that. Okay, so we don't. Have, I don't have to call her yet for the stats portion no, no, no. of this. Okay, That's, so we have 617 entries, and again, the prize is a prototype one of one dark teal watch. Uh, it is the only one that has ever been made and will ever be made. I have worn it once. Um, other than that, it's been kept very nice. It's in brand new condition. It is exactly like the other ones that we're selling, except for the 
the color, and it has it does not have a serial number on the back. It says XXX on the back. If you are in the United States of America or Canada, uh, I will fly you to Los Angeles. Uh, we have not picked a winner yet. We're going to do that live right now. If you're in L.A., um, or not L.A., if you're in L.A., yeah, come over. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, uh, we'll fly you to, uh, to L.A. Uh, we'll put you up in a hotel. We will uh, have you at the, uh, the watch delivery party, which, we, which will be at Westside Collector Car Storage, South Bay. It's going to be on January 13th. Um, and if you have bought a watch, uh, either the mint, uh, the upcoming orange, which I've talked about, or the winner of this, then you're invited to that, and you will get your watch there. And um, I will take you up in the canyons in one of my cars of your choice. Doesn't look like the Lambo will be ready by then, but you can choose any uh, any of the other cars that that we've got. And if if we have a press car during that week, then you can we can throw that one in the mix as well. Got it. Okay, so Han, Data, what did sure. we go? What did we learn from all of these entries? I mean, the best part of having a wife who's a researcher who cannot get a job is that I had a lot of time to go through all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a great Excel spreadsheet going, um, and we have a great collection of stats. Is that good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, you guys. Were reaching into my space. No, no, we're just um, making you sound better by moving, moving your microphone. Fascinating. Further. I mean, first of all, I want to just say thank you, you know, to you guys for putting this on, to everyone who entered. Um, I cried multiple times reading these entries, thinking about what people did, crying now. That's very awkward for me. Very sweaty suddenly. Um, but lots of good statistics, and I don't usually cry during statistics unless they're terrible. Should we call um, G so you can read the statistics with her listening? Sure. Okay, so we're going to call Jillian. Who is, who is? Uh, our sister-in-law and John's widow. Widow. And, hello, Matt. Hello, Jillian. You are, uh, you're in the studio right now, and uh, Hannah's going to uh, read off some, some fun statistics about the, the giveaway, and then okay. I'm going to call on you to pick a winner. Fantastic. I All can't right. wait. All right. Chill for a second. Don't interrupt me, Jillian. Don't interrupt. I will try not to. It's very Ooh. hard for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we had 617 entries um, from, so starting with the cash, 89 people donated cash to the cause of raising a total of $12,031, which was spectacular. Cool. That's a bunch of money. There's a, a lot, do- a lot of donations. money. Yeah. A couple of people took advantage of their- uh, Wait, from 89 people. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot of right. money. It's a huge amount of money people. from yeah. 89 people. Uh, a couple of people took advantage of their company's uh, matching mm-hmm. programs, which was amazing, too. Yeah, great. Um, and that doesn't get you extra entries. That's just nice. Yeah, no, it's just yeah, amazing. Just nice. You got You earned a place in my heart instead. Um, we had 308 people sign up to be the match, which is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, one person whose email I couldn't find, unfortunately, had sent an email saying, I thought when I signed up, I'd just find a match immediately. Oh, and yeah. I could really relate yeah. to that. You know, like once I was in the registry, I was like, who else? Who else can I help? Um, and then we had 223 people uh, donate bodily fluids of some sort. Wow. Meaning blood, platelets, uh, red cells, whatever that was. One guy uh, donated sperm, but just for fun. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a he place to that, like, we don't He didn't get, a, he doesn't he just, get an entry. He just thought we should know. He just emailed me that sperm. I brought everything, just in case. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did extra homework. Yeah. You don't you don't get an A plus plus. I wasn't um, gonna, but they had a really nice selection of magazines, and well. <laughs> well, also in Canada, apparently, it's, you know, it's like privacy rules are real legit, and so there was no photos allowed in the blood mm. area, yeah, so you could do anything. From, there were people from other countries who in were fact, like. You know, I, can I use my own country's donation system as opposed to be the match? And I was like, as long as you, yeah, whatever. Like, they need they need blood in Russia too, or whatever. Yeah, so, we had um, great degree of all the countries to choose from. Russia, but, really excited but, about that. Probably at the border, also. Yeah. Um, anyway, we had almost, I think, twelve <laughs> countries, back, maybe a few more. Uh, we had Qatar, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, Austria. U.S., Canada, uh, Australia, Italy, Germany, and what I believe is Macedonia. Uh, someone had sent a picture of cool. themselves holding in a holding up a newspaper that was in the Cyrillic alphabet. And between Googling the guy, the alphabet, I think it's Macedonia. That's rad. Um, Population of two million. Small. That's and, awesome. And you guys have one fan. That's awesome. One. It's so awesome. We've penetrated <laughs> We're in. Macedonia. This is great. Um, yeah. The we also had uh, a couple shout outs that I liked or kind of noticeable, notable things. Um, Kyle H was our largest donor in terms of cash, uh, donated $1,500 to be the match, which That's um, um, unbelievable. I shed a lot of tears. Uh, Jace J, 1,500 tears, and that's pretty much all the tears I've ever had. Um, today. Jace J, who was our first entrant, um, pretty immediate. Um, Alan J, who said that if they win, they want the watch to go to auction, which I really, I know, had a place in my heart. Yeah, well, if if Um, Alan wins, we'll we'll put it on um, watchcollecting.com for uh, for charity. Cool. And we had Sean T, who gave the most blood donations, Um, and then Anthony. Uh, Did he do like seven? He did a lot. It was more than five. Because I said if you donated blood multiple times, you would get an entry for each one. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like, I think it was seven. It was a bunch. Blood or platelets? Uh, blood probably, right? Because platelets, you have to take a two-week break. Uh, Either way, like shout out. Because you can't donate blood that often. I think, it was, oh. I think you can donate platelets more often platelets. than you can okay. donate blood. He used yeah, platelets. He used platelets. He did a lot of, a lot of needlework. Uh, I want to say nine, <laughs> nine, nine times. Well, he's in here At nine times. At the end of this, he has a needle tattoo. He might have done, um, he's in here nine times. He also might have done some Be The Match things as well. And then Anthony A., who was our second most donated. Um, and one thing, because I really believe in fairness, uh, when Matt had posted the photos of the people giving blood on the Instagram page, that is not everyone um, I could only do those in groups of nine, oh. and I had an odd number. So I, want, I don't want anyone to think that if they couldn't find themselves there, um, yeah, yeah, there that it wasn't uh, 90, that. 90 people. And actually, the... Zach, go to the next page, the next photo. The second. The name of the person who I also maybe the next one. Anyway, there was someone who wore the Farah T-shirt to oh, give from, blood yeah, oh, from, wow. my 40th from your fortieth birthday, birthday party, which and is that just somewhere. again tears galore. And yeah. I really liked everyone's creativity in their photos as well. Um, it really represents the <laughs> the audience that we talk to. Uh, um, it's like <laughs> almost all men. You know what? A bunch of bunch more of women than dudes. I expected. The, yeah, there's there the guy is. in yeah. the in the Farah I'm sorry, shirt. I don't know your name, sir. Um, but my last shout out is to Christian L, um, who passed out giving blood 
um, and did not actually send me a photo of that, which I do really appreciate, but I do have his Instagram handle if we want to find it. Well, it'd be hard to take the photo once you're passed yeah. out. Right, yeah. yeah. It'd be great if, though, if you passed out and the doctors were all like, hold on, take yeah. the photo this first. This is for charity? Wait, yeah. 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 Um, I also passed out giving blood. Yeah? Yeah, I did. It was not, I, I, I wanted to give blood, and it turns out I'm not fit, I'm not cut for it. <laughs> well, they take a lot of vials, right? I mean, it's. I don't know no. what, no? I don't know oh. what it was. Matt just really wanted the orange juice faster. Yeah, the oh, orange okay. juice was yeah. good. It was Got in it. Blueies, and so the orange juice was fresh squeezed. He was like, was he was like nice. I feel a little woozy, I need a burrito. That's one yeah. vial. Um, okay, wait, and then. I wor- yeah, I worked them for, uh, for some free snacks. Yeah. I mean. It's what you do. And then there were just three emails that I really loved. One was from Dan D., who said, while waiting to get drained at the blood bank, family feud was on. The survey question asked was, when you're at church and the pastor asks you, oh, no, it got cut off. Oh, no. Anyway, the number two answer was (laughs) to have sex with the choir. (laughs) So you guys can fill in the rest. Oh, this is fun. This is Mad Libs. Yeah, he said the number one answer was family. Number three was money. Four was to have a firm bowel movement. Five was sports team, and six was to wait. not go to hell. Can I get an amen up in here? Those Please wait, enter me into wait, your contest. So can Thanks. we reverse engineer the question yeah. from wait, wait. the answers? Okay. So the second most popular answer was to have sex with the choir. Yes. The third was what? What are you? This is one thing that you wish before you die. One thing you think about in church. And in order, it was family, have sex with the choir, money. Sports team. Oh no, sorry. Money, firm bowel movement, sports team. When do you, things where you say, "Oh my God," no, no, I don't know. That's not bad. It's That's not only bad. if you're this referencing the, the, the George Parker. The question was when you're at mix. church and the pastor asks you. When you're at church and the pastor, I need to read this. I don't know. Like, Hold on. Okay, the question, oh, I got it. Go. When you're at church and the pastor asks you to bow your head and pray, what are you praying what are you for? Praying that was for? what. Wow. That's, see, I thought about that but I, when I heard bowel movement. I'm like, really? That's the fourth the number most common? The number two but answer firm bowel for 100 people. I, yeah, but right. That's, this is why Family Feud is a weird card game. Family Feud's amazing. Yeah, because it's, you have to put yourself in the mindset of 100 but, mostly dumb people. But the majority are thinking know, about crazy. fucking the choir. Yeah, it's Actually, crazy. Actually, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, the ma- Not well, all of them. Hold like, on. Before you select. say majority, as a researcher, I would need to see all of the statistics. Well, the yeah, second yeah. most common answer. Yeah. Right? It doesn't necessarily mean right, majority. It doesn't mean majority. Like family could have been 60, yeah. and then fucking the choir could be 12. But also in the gotcha. research world, there's an entire debate about majority. Like if you say 51%, does that make it a majority? I say no. But anyway, moving on. What um, makes it a majority? That second answer was mostly men being polled, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like, what do you do? Yeah, do Ask 100 men. Yeah, like, well, yeah. I'm thinking about taking a shit, football, <laughs> uh, which one I want to bang, who's singing. Yeah. Like, you're like, what about... God and saving people. Oh, that's right. Right. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Wait, what do you consider a majority? Folks, we got to take a quick break for our sponsor, BetterHelp. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. They're one of our favorite uh, sponsors, and they provide an amazing service. Uh, I have been uh, the beneficiary of talk therapy right? Also known as just therapy, mental health care for the better part of two decades. And you might need it too. Maybe you have uh, an actual issue like depression or anxiety or even something more severe, or maybe you just need or someone in your life needs uh, a way to talk through some things that are going on in your life. It could be a financial situation, relationships, family. It can be stressful, particularly around the holidays. So whether you're gifting better health, to yourself or someone in your family, you might really benefit from 
this. And it's, it's helpful uh, for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if you feel it's not working out with that person in particular, right? And in the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. So go to BetterHelp.com slash SmokingTire today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash SmokingTire to get 10% off your first month. We are also brought to you today by Omaha Steaks. You can right, like you could think of this as meat therapy, right? In the absence of regular therapy, meat therapy will get you there. If I'm feeling sad, Omaha Steaks in the freezer, that will certainly help. And the holidays are here, so let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of giving. Shop carefully curated packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, if you use promo code TIRE at checkout, get an additional $30 off your order. Send tender, juicy, butcher-cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, or even easy-to-prep meals that are ready in a flash. Plus, those desserts, man, I love those little apple pies they do. They are fire! Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat out that shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code TIRE at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Head over to omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% site-wide, plus use promo code TIRE at checkout to get that extra 30 bucks off your order. Again, omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide promo code tire at checkout to get an extra 30 bucks off your order there may be a minimum order required and now back to our show i personally consider majority over 90 percent oh to say truly the majority of people it's a whole debate and versus just 51 percent yeah because 51 percent feels like it could anyway okay um the senate okay dan m said my wife says you're a mensch for making me a part of or for making this a part of your contest. I just really like that his wife weighed in. Um, and the last one, how would you say? Oh, wait. I think that's pronounced Craig. Craig, you think? I mean, it's C-C-H-I-R-A-G. Chirag. C-H-I-R-A-G. Chirag. Yeah. Anyway, Chirag said, by the way, when I first heard the story of Matt's brother-in-law, it hit me very close to home. I'm a resident physician. I've treated countless patients nearing a premature end of life due to cancer. Every time it's gut-wrenching, but the most meaningful part is when I can help people pass with dignity and comfort. It sounds like John passed surrounded by his family and friends, and he lives on through you all. Mm, and that just... A, thank you, Chirag. That's very sweet. It was amazing. Sweet. Thank you for, for sharing that, Chirag. All right. So... Um, okay. I'm so going to randomize this spreadsheet You've already randomized it multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. Like four or five times already? Yep. So... But I believe in continually randomizing. Yeah. How do you randomize? I forgot. On Excel. Uh-oh. 
Shuffle. Sort <laughs> sort by random? Randomized range. There you go. Oh, yeah. There's a, That's there's once. A hot, there's a hotkey for it. There's twice. Yeah. Okay. G? Okay. Jillian, are you there? I'm still here. Okay. Do you, uh, is she so coming in? Have you guys explained how the system's going to work? Like what system? You randomized, and then yeah. now. And now Jillian will pick a number. There we go. At random between 1 and 617. Okay, G? Random, yes. Yes, six, between 1 and 617. Okay. Go. Um, I pick 124 in honor of John's birthday. Aww. 124. Oh, because, yeah, January 24th is Gee. John's birthday. 124. The winner is... That's 123 you've just highlighted. Oh. 124 is Mr. Scott Sterling... Who donated to be the match? Scott Sterling is the winner, and let's find his uh, his email in there. Uh, congratulations, Scott! Uh, not a lot of extra words in his email. We will email him uh, email him back. Uh, but Scott Sterling, who donated to be the match number one twenty four, is the winner of the watch. Uh, there's a lot of Scott Sterling's on Instagram. I don't yeah. think that's going to work, Zach. Okay. But, um, G, thank you for your help. Matt, thank you. And, Zach, thank you guys for coordinating this. I love I, it so much. I'm so grateful, and it makes me feel very happy. Thank you, guys. And you're going to come to the watch event and help hand over the watch to Scott Sterling, Absol- right? Absolutely. See you soon, Scott. All right. Thanks, G. Bye, G. Bye, guys. Thank you. Woo! All right, we have a winner. Scott Sterling is the winner of the watch, and depending on where he lives, that's a pretty American-sounding name, and Be The Match means he's in America because you have to be in America to sign up for Be The Match. So looks like Scott's getting a trip to L.A. to collect the watch on uh, January um, 13th. For everyone else, uh, patrons particularly, who are interested in buying the orange version of the Canyon watch, it will be available on Wednesday, December 12th, to patrons first. We have 100 allocations of this watch for patrons, and then we have 100 more that are going to be released to the public January 1st. You got that? So December 12th, uh, sorry, December 13th, excuse me, Wednesday, December 13th, this Wednesday. If you're listening to this show the day it came out, it's tomorrow, okay? We will send out the link to purchase at 7 a.m. Pacific time to patrons. And there's 100 allocations for patrons of the orange. If they want to collect them at the event in L.A. along with the Mint guys and Scott, the winner of the teal, they can do that. The public will be able to as well. All the watches will be ready. So if you are a patron and buy one on the 13th, if you're a member of the public who gets one on the 1st, you will be uh, invited to the event in L.A. on the 13th to uh, pick it up. Cool. All right. Scott is not a patron. I just wanted to say that. Scott is not a patron. Okay. That's all right. 
He is a he is a champion. No, just in case people are like, oh, I bet it was a Patreon member or something. No, Scott is just a public listener who yeah. wanted to help out and do a good thing. Okay, well, we'll email him that he has a he has won, and that's awesome. And uh, okay, well, that's that's our game, and thank you to all. 617 of you who submitted qualified entries and of course especially thanks to Hannah for going through all of the the data and because that those all had to be input individually there was no systematic way to do that (laughs) this this is this was Matt's idea I just want to clarify that but also this was such a great idea and like such a great thing you did it was a very impressive idea you're doing the watch thing like what a cool thing to do and a very kind thing to do I mean, it's yeah very on brand for you but well, we had we had a special watch we had we had one special yeah. watch and so you know it was either keep it or do something really cool with it mm-hmm. and so we decided to do something really cool with it so um are you still looking for this guy on instagram honey? i am give it up we'll we'll, no, we'll get it we'll figure out who it is uh later um moving on um all three of us have driven the new Prius. Yeah. Zach had it here, mm-hmm. and then Hannah and I drove it on vacation in Florida. So we should uh, we should collectively review the new Prius. Um, and uh, I was I fucking love this little it's thing. Very impressive. I thought this car was great. Yeah. Um, it's just it's good looking. It's spacious. It drives nice. It rides very good. It rides like. It, Really, rides really well, and it's soft, but it's also damped pretty well. It's yeah. not just super, you know, undersprung. I mean, it was really impressive. Well, compared to like, it weighs thirty three hundred pounds. So, like, compared to, uh, oh, sorry, Your average so EV the prime. Is... The prime might be a little heavier. The pro- the prime is thirty five hundred. The ba- the regular one is thirty three hundred. The non plug in this is thirty five hundred. Which I know to like car nerds, that's heavy, but to like. Everyone else in the modern world, that's pretty light. Mm-hmm. So you can, when the car is that light, you can have it ride and handle well uh, without having to make it too stiff. But the the shape of it is great. The uh, the most of the user interface stuff is easy and mm-hmm. good. There's there's four USB C ports. There's two 110 outlets. There's one in the back seat and one in the trunk. Um, it was really nice to have this thing on vacation for, for a week. Yeah. I mean, they've been such popular cars for a long time because they, they work well as a tool. But I thought the first gen, my mom had a first gen and it rode shitty. Second one was a lot better, but looked terrible. This one now, I mean, I feel like they didn't have to go too far to grab more of the market, just make it not look like an alien spaceship or yeah. ugly. But um, it's just a really good car overall. I think it it felt a bit like the Volt in terms of how solid it feels and how well engineered it is. My only complaint was it's very hard to see the edges of it. Like parking sensors are very important because I think it was a little bit hard to park and, you know, it's a little worried about hitting poles and shit like that. Yeah, there's just miles of dashboard. And then because of the uh, the aerodynamic design, you can't really see where the edges are. That's why all cars should be square. Would you like to buy a Rivian? <laughs> and actually, I think the the cam the front cameras, the angles and stuff they chose for the front cameras when you were kind of weird. Like yeah. it has these front cameras, but they don't actually help you with much. There's I've seen this on a lot of cars. There's like whatever There's fish like the eye lens cams. they use. Yeah. You can't you can watch things go past the corner and they get morphed. I right. trust the sensors a lot more. Right. Um, and. Uh, it, 
I a couple things that I really liked. I thought the tiny steering wheel was pretty awesome. <laughs> I really liked the tiny steering wheel because for someone my height, it didn't. I could have it like low, and it didn't block any of the gauges. The whole all of the gauges were above the steering wheel completely. But on we, the contrary, when I drove it, right, couldn't see a thing. Hannah, because mm, yeah. Hannah likes a high steering wheel and sits higher than me. Right, that makes sense. And so it they they blocked a little bit for her. I thought the radar cruise was really good. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. And even I used the lane keep assist a little bit. It was pretty smooth with its inputs. I wouldn't use it regularly, but the, I thought the radar cruise programming was excellent. Um, we got – so they – I don't think they did this on purpose, but Toyota accidentally – or the, the the delivery place in in Florida, they gave it to us with no battery. Mm, okay. So and we and for like for four days we didn't have anywhere to plug it in, so we just drove it on gas for four days. And it's I mean look it's Florida. There's not any big hills or anything, but we got 42 miles per gallon just on gas for four days, which was great. Um, once I put it into uh, auto when it when we when we finally got a charge mm-hmm. and we put it in auto, you got 51 miles per gallon for 60 miles, and then the battery was was drained and it would go back to 42 miles per gallon, and we were getting 35 miles of EV only range once we plugged it in. Um, so that's like I mean that's pretty good that that covers like a lot of people's use cases. Yeah, and it I found it accelerated fine because they dropped it off here with uh, I think like half charge and we drove up to the canyons one day and obviously that used all of the battery but then yeah. it, it charged a lot on the way down and it hums along plenty quick in ev only mode i mean yeah. if, you, if you charge it at home this is it's funny this is like it's very similar capacity to the second gen volt yeah yeah. And i'm not trying to bring that up because that's the best car in the world it's just like they were there first it's i think this is the usable amount of battery people need yeah. you just 40 miles of range and then the rest is hybrid and if you go beyond that, the car gets too heavy. Yeah. Uh, did the one that you have have the solar roof? Yes. So ours had the solar roof, which was $610. The, I did some math, and it seems like if you park it outside in a sunny place like Southern California or Phoenix or whatever, it would pay for itself in about two years. If you parked it in a garage, it might take three to four years hmm. because you're just not outside as much. Yeah. Um, we couldn't – the gauge that shows you – how much the solar panel is generating is potentially misleading because the, the 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 thing on the on the gauge it sort of implies that it's only adding power when the car's turned on hmm. which would be dumb yeah. why would you not want it to add power all the time yeah um but if if you live somewhere where gas is expensive the solar panel would pay itself off faster as well. It seems like it depends on how sunny is it, how clean is the solar roof, and how expensive is gas, and how yeah. long is it outside. A lot of that stuff to yeah. think about. In Florida, where gas is cheap, I used a public level two charger, and it it char it cost me four dollars and fifty cents to add twenty two miles of electric range. Okay, but twenty two miles of gasoline in Florida is only a dollar eighty. Right, because it's half a gallon. So less. there's no point to using public chargers ever with this car, unless the unless you're somewhere where gas is so expensive right. that public juice is somehow cheaper. Mm-hmm. Which that was a very expensive charger. But by does the way. that does a public charger change from state to state like gas does, or is just that is the cost the Ooh. cost? 
Uh, I think it probably changes with market forces and stuff. I, yeah. I don't know for sure, but I would guess it's like how many incentives are there to put them there? How how are they trying to incentivize people to use EVs in sure. that area? Stuff like that. But 450 to get 22 miles out of a level two yeah. charger at a state park is that's really <laughs> expensive. Normally, Gator food's expensive. Yeah, normally, like like if you're on a DC, the faster the charge, the more ex, you know, the more you you pay for it, mm-hmm. right? So if you're at a 350 kilowatt, it's going to charge fast, but you're going to pay basically as much as you would have paid for gasoline. But like for a level two flowing at three and a half kilowatts, that's very expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, pretty bad. that should have been like a dollar fifty or something or two bucks. Yeah, not four fifty. Guys, we got to take one more break from the action because today we're supported by CrowdHealth. You know what stinks? Health insurance. Health insurance companies that profit off of not paying your bills. It's a perverse incentive. Did you know that 48 million claims on Obamacare last year were denied? That's one out of five claims getting rejected. Do you want to take that chance? Health insurance stinks. It's confusing, it's expensive, and it's frustrating, but there's a better way. Welcome to the alternative. It's CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth was created to get rid of the headaches of health insurance for $175 for an individual or $575 for a family of four or more, you'll get access to a community of people willing to help out in the event of an emergency. You'll also get telemedicine visits, discounted prescriptions, and more, all this without doctor networks getting in the way. So let CrowdHealth help with your health care needs. You can get started today for just 99 bucks a month for the first three months if you use code TIRE to get the health care that you deserve. CrowdHealth is not insurance, but you can learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com and use code TIRE. But the only like bad thing I thought about this car was that to toggle back and forth between the Toyota functions and CarPlay functions is super clunky. Mm. So like we were using Waze right. to get around, but then listening to the satellite radio. So to change stations, you'd have to go to the Apple CarPlay home screen, then hit the Toyota button, then hit Source, then hit Sirius. That's a lot. Then there's change. No, no steering wheel button. So there's steering wheel buttons if you program favorites. Oh, so right. this might this may be like a journalist problem. So if you program your favorites, you can flip through them on the steering wheel. Okay. But if you don't program your favorites... But it doesn't default to you want to change the channel on the no, thing you're listening to. No. Right, okay. And then to go back to car... Now I've set a station. I hit CarPlay. It doesn't go straight to the map. It goes to the CarPlay home screen. Then I have to hit Waze again. This is a small problem that wouldn't be a deal breaker because mm-hmm. otherwise this car's awesome. But... I was surprised at how clunky that back and forth process was compared to our Ford, which yeah. It also, has... sometimes chose it. Sometimes decided we were using the cars uh, or the your phone's music instead right. of satellite. It yeah. like kind of randomly chose that. Yeah, like if, if you know you know the thing where if your phone's on CarPlay mm-hmm. and if like if Hannah was driving, my phone was on CarPlay. And I'd pull up a website that had an embedded video. It would, like, shut off the satellite radio and go to that. And then I have to manually do that process right. to toggle the satellite yeah, radio. Yeah, sometimes it plays iTunes but default. 
there was that very cool, I don't think this is about the Prius Prime anymore, but the very cool feature where if Matt's car was the one connected and it was, you know, playing his car. Sorry, if your phone was connected. I had a thing come up on my phone that said, like, oh, do you want to add to the playlist? Oh, that's a and car thing. And I could choose thing. music to put into this playlist. which And I could override his music yeah. choices, which was it's amazing. It's like a jukebox battle. You could pass yeah. the aux. It was very right. cool. Yeah. You just add it to the – that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. that that's that's an Apple thing, but it's a that's a smart uh, new thing. Uh, let's. What other notes do I have here? I never rode in the back seat. Did you either? I did because yeah. I was drunk on my birthday, and Hannah drove oh. home. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, granted, she's short, and and so, but when she was driving, I was chilling back yeah. there, and had a rear heated. What seats. does that have to do with my height? Because you oh, moved, the, I seat moved the seat forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You thought I was just like randomly like, ah, yeah. she's short. Yeah. No, it's because you. Moved he mentions the, it all the time. Because you moved the seat <laughs> yeah. forward. No, that was well. You being short was a thing because of the Kia EV6 GT and the manual seat. That was a deal breaker. Oh, yeah. Mm Because if we're sharing a a daily driver, we need to have memory seats, which the Prius has. Yeah, especially because you're going forward and up or down. Yeah, no, there's like too many moves, multiple Mm -hmm. moves. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't couldn't do it in the EV6 GT, unfortunately. I mean, I really – I like this car. I mean, I I like good appliance cars, but the fact that this is – Good looking. Yeah, it has me looking well, at it. Well, a commenter you know. said Ferrari SF90 headlights. For sure, and I can't unsee that. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't unsee that. Uh, you know where they don't have Priuses? South fucking Florida. It was. I shit you not. It was four days before I saw another Prius, and I'm not. I don't mean another new Prius. I mean another really? any Prius. Do they have Uber and Lyft there? Where we, are they driving? Instead? I don't know, but they're not driving fucking Priuses. Wow, gas is really cheap down there, but. It was I, after a couple of days. I was like, Hannah, there's no Priuses here. Why is that? And uh, and and it it wasn't until we got to Miami proper that I saw any Priuses. And eventually, I saw one last gen car, a one Prius C, and one new one. But like, I mean, it was a single digit number of Priuses. Um, Oh, this uh, Wikipedia says that Florida is the third uh, third most hybrids sold, but I guess hmm. they're not Prius hybrids. Sarah's mom has a Lexus ES hybrid. Yeah. Super nice car. Yeah. It's, it's like eight years old and looks perfect. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, but man, you know, if anybody out there is like, you know what I want? A car. Just a car. Yeah. Just a fucking daily driver, no bullshit, no headache car. The new Prius is so great for that. It's it's very good appliance and it, and like I love the design in the back. I think it's this new language is really good looking because I think I used to really like the way the Camry looked. Yeah. And I think now it's gotten a little bit too affliction UFC. Like there's all these extra aggressive. vents and extra yeah. bulges on it now. And I think the Prius and the Sienna are keeping the like mm-hmm. uh, super design language. Like it yeah. looks smooth and round, and I think they did a good job with it. And this photo that we're looking at right now, that's the state park that charged me too much for too little charge. Although I, I thought Everglades was was cute. But it did uh, let us ride our bike into crocodiles' mouths. Yeah, that was Which cool. was pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, just an aside, not about the car. Yeah. A very good feature of that park. There's a 15-mile bike trail through Everglades, and there's like alligators and crocodiles just like all over the place. What? Yeah. I guess yeah. they don't chase you. No, they're chilling. Wow. It's, I thought they were fake, just so we're clear. The first, like, two miles was filled with fake alligators, as far as I could tell. That would be <laughs> smart of them. Yeah. I don't know. But turn, but the park staff gets very insulted if you mention such things. Yeah. Though. If you ask such an innocent question, such <laughs> as... The guy was like, ma'am, this is a state park, not the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it was cold. That'd be it funny. Was, He's like, you know how many bodies we find in these cold. alligators? These are real, okay? Uh, this this photo that we're showing now that this this was the uh, our. Uh, they gave us the, this this parking. This was in the valet area of the Chica Lodge in Isla Morada, Isla Morada, where we stayed. And uh, I told the guy, I was like, "Can you put it on the charger? It only needs to be there like four hours to get fully charged." But it stayed there for three days. <laughs> Kept, <laughs> you never left. We didn't leave, and he and he didn't move it. So he's like, "No one else got, has a plug in us, here." Yeah, it got us front row parking. Yeah, well, first he tried to plug it into the gas cap. Well, in fairness, the it has ports on both sides, and one is the gas, and one is the the, That's fair. the plug. Yeah, yeah, but and he so, also hadn't seen an electric car before. He didn't he was know not familiar it. with how to charge an electric. I mean, car. based on what we we're learning we about sh- how few pre, pre there are in Florida, no, yeah, yeah. no wonder. But the other thing that we noticed at the Chica Lodge um, was the. The Tesla logo seems to be kind of the universal sign for charging station, mm. which I thought was kind of interesting. And like, they were not Tesla. They were not chargers. Tesla chargers. They oh, were, they were juice box CCSs like we have yeah. in our house. But they used the Tesla T, or they on the very map. similar. On the map. Oh, on the map, okay. Use the Tesla T. I was very fascinated by that. Like on yeah. Google Maps. No, no, on no. the like on the monkey map the fucking hotel gave us. <laughs> what do you call that? Because of my family, or do yeah. you also call it that? No, no. I, oh. Is that not what it's actually called? I don't know. I thought it was just us. Have you ever heard is that term? The nope. monkey map? I, I hope it's not yes, accidentally can you, racist. Can you explain no, why? No, where the When Genesis you go is? somewhere like a zoo or an amusement park or no, a, a town. A it's town. usually a town. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a hand-drawn like cartoon. cartoony yeah. map. Right. Is that, what are that called? I, that's Ma- what her, I, map. If I've just learned that her family is accidentally no, racist No, no, I feel like this, it's because I it, I'll text my mother so. and ask her. I'm just going to take but myself like was, off of the screen real quick. Let's, <laughs> let you guys do that. Yep, beeps. No, it definitely. I think it was because it advertised a zoo or something. Um, and we just always called it a map. That was so sweet that you just like uh, well, knew a thing about my family. I don't think it's racist. But I also don't think that's what it's called. Well, there, you could have gone to a zoo where they handed them out and was like, and there were like monkeys yeah. on it. Yeah. And then you just kept calling it that no matter where you went. All right. Well, I've picked up something from the Steins. I'm really excited about that. So it's the cartoon map. That's that's what I'm talking. Where you here's where the right. here's where things are in the resort. Yeah. So, I guess that's not what it's called. But I mean, I don't know. Just call it. Dan is beaming <laughs> right now. For anybody, for anybody listening, she is literally <laughs> beaming and smiling. Now I hope it life. is racist. Now, <laughs> Matt Farah. Um, Going to so, take myself yeah. off the screen again. Florida, <laughs> Florida, and uh, and the Prius. The you know because the Prime has a bigger battery, mm-hmm. which is under the floor of the trunk, and the new hatch. You know the hatch is pretty sloped. The trunk is like a good size, and you can fold the rear seats totally flat. But it, the trunk doesn't have a lot of vertical. Right, you can't pile it that. You high. can't pile rear it visibility in this is also bad. But it has, the camera. It, has the, it has the camera mirror, which I don't love. It's, I like it in s- certain circumstances. I don't think it's as good a camera as GM has. I think the one you get in the Vet or mm-hmm. Suburbans and stuff is clearer, brighter, higher res, better at night as well. Yeah. But I, it's I a don't good love, solution. I still don't love the rear camera, but I don't like this trend from Prius to uh, Cybertruck right. of just going, fuck a rear window, we're putting the camera and then we don't, and then we don't have to design a rear window that works. I don't like that. Well, I, I like having both. I mean, the, the first was it the first Prius, second Prius that had the split. Yeah. The tailgate was like a window and, a and flat then had another glass. window, yeah. so you could see through that it. That goes back to the CRX. I understand they probably had crash standards that they had to I don't, increase. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's I mean, probably aerodynamics more so than crash standards. Uh, well, getting rid of the glass on the back and making that metal in a know. crumple zone might be safer. Might but be, it might be cheaper. Also, could be cheaper. Yeah. 
That's a good point. I mean, this is a lo- the Prius is a lot of car for not that yeah. much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know I know things that sound like a four, you know, th- it, it, affordable cars start with a four now, not oh. a three or a two. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, this car, one we drove was 42000 Uh, I didn't look at the minority of mine, but was, I know you can get the, them in like the 30s. That's not the prime. Yeah, but it's the, still- The it, prime is 40. But if it's going to ride the same- yeah. And have basically the same tech and everything like that. Yeah, like yeah. You're still getting a good looking car for, you know, low thirties. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, you can get the same car not prime for like six thousand bucks less. Yeah. So if you have somewhere at home to plug it in or work, then get the prime for sure. Because yeah. you're driving, you know, people uh, people commented on my Instagram they have they have a prime and they're averaging like ninety miles a gallon, you know, which is basically what what I was doing in the Volt, hundred mm-hmm. miles a gallon by plugging it in every night. Um, but if you don't have somewhere to plug it in, you don't want to be using paying public charging with this thing. Right. So just get the regular one. Yeah. And it's the same car. Yeah. Um, but like, shit, so nice. Yeah, it's really nice. So nice. It does everything really well. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe I, I was really I was more excited to drive the Prius than I was like the Dark Horse or, you know, a bunch of other sports cars. Uh, I know what you're saying because it was unexpected. We went, yeah. oh, why are we all? retweeting the Prius when the design was announced. Yeah. And the Dark Horse would go, yeah, it's a fast Mustang. We've yeah. driven that before. And it feels basically the same as the Mach 1. So right. we've kind of driven it before. Right. Um, so anyway, anything else to add on the Prius, Han? No, I thought it was lovely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm out of notes on the Prius. Are you guys so. going to get one of those instead of, because you have your Mach-E lease ending? It's in the mix, mm, I would I say. Felt They're going to have to diplomatic. fix the... Buttons, right, it's where won't. UX research comes into play. Well, we'd we'd program the uh, favorites. Do you have the same favorites? No, but that favorites didn't have a lot. Look, one thing I love about the Mustang is Mach-E. how Maki, the silver Mustang. car, <laughs> the silver Ford that we own, um, is how egg. many like favorites you can program mm-hmm. and you can mix like FM and Sirius together, yeah. which I think oh, is fabulous. That's nice. As someone who constantly flicks around, instead of having to jump the source, yeah. yeah. Your favorites can be um, this, from any source. The, I, and I don't know for sure, but it felt like it only cycled through like six or seven favorites. So that would be a problem for me. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not enough. But ultimately, when we were discussing this on the drive back from the Keys, you said you you preferred a full EV, even if it meant a few times a year having to deal with the public charges. Well, have you guys ever discussed my dream car of the, the dream, my dream Your hybrid? Dream. Oh yeah, yeah. Go tell. So uh, it's, we go ahead. What? what go okay? ahead. Tell what your dream like hybrid me. is. <laughs> <laughs> what I really want is just kind of the current hybrid, but in reverse, which is a mainly electric car with like a two-gallon gas tank. Would you like a BMW i3? Is that what that is? That's exactly what that is. But I don't think the, I like that car. The though. problem with that is the battery is only like eighty miles. True. No, it's yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? so you that want a range just give extender? Me, it's just the it eliminates the range anxiety of having a full electric car. She wants an she wants an electric car with an emergency gas engine. Yeah. That's all. Not a big ask. Well, I mean that's kind of what this is. You just want more range? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mostly electric. Ooh, okay. Uh well, Honda might use the rotary I mean, here's for that. Here's the thing. I, I think but, that if Hannah had one of these, she it would be mostly electric. Yeah. But I think she doesn't want to plug it in every day. Right now we plug I'm the not Ford mad in. At we that. plug the I Ford just... in once a week. Well, how how often do you drive more than 40 miles in a day? Not that often. It's just it's really it's it's not it's not about any of these other logistics. It's just the range anxiety of when I do want to go far away. 
and like I don't trust the system, you know, to be ready for me to plug it in or anything. That's right for structure anxiety, but, not ranging. But, but then, so that's why? That's totally fair. Then, so yeah. a car like this solves that problem, obviously. Basically, this just says I'm going to kick the engine on sooner than you might want. Like in an ideal world, it sounds like you want 200 miles of EV range, mm -hmm. and then an, an, a an motor, emergency, 50. a gas motor, right? So Very we, small we one. go. We can't do 200. We have 40. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? The problem is batteries take up a lot of room, as do powertrains. Right. So you you really, unless you have a very big car, you can't have that. Well, as we discussed, I'm quite short, and short people really All like those big big cars. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, the crossovers. I'm ready for this. My friend, I advised her she's going to buy a uh, RAV4 hybrid because mm -hmm. she commutes in SF, and it's like this is the thing. But sometimes she goes to Tahoe, then put gas in it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. You should just drive more hybrids around town, I think, and you'd find you'd, – you'd probably realize you don't need a long amount of EV range. Fair. Especially in, totally in Los fair. Angeles where the drives are long but not long distance. <laughs> yeah. They're long time-wise but <laughs> yeah. not long distance. Long but short, yeah. Yeah, I spent totally. an hour and 10 minutes in the car yesterday to go 16 miles. Yeah. I went to Santa Monica and back at 4 p.m. And it was an hour and 10 minutes round trip of driving. It was 16 miles. I bring up traffic a lot. And to the point now, Sarah, when we're talking about doing things, she went, you really worry about traffic, don't you? And I think, yeah, because well, yeah, it impacts our time away from dog and people and stuff. And she's like, I just want to go do the thing. And however long it takes to get there, it takes. And I'm like, really? Oh, no. Yeah, no, I can't Absolutely not. That. No. no. Mm -hmm. um, I drove to the Hoonigan Ken Block thing. And that was two hours on a, oh. you know, it was at seven. And I left. Downtown? At, uh, it was in. Like Costa Mesa. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, so I left yeah. at five fifteen, and it said arrival seven fifteen, and Fuck I was worried I was going to be late. That. So I yeah, that's I made a, it. But that's called a sorry, bro. Can't no can do. No, I mean it's the last. That would have been no thing. can do. Yes, like thank you. it was. It, they were debuting the Jim or the Electricon yeah. too. Yeah. Like they're not going to debut another Ken Block film. So I thought uh, I, I can yeah. sit in traffic for this. But yeah. it's the yeah. it's the TRX of Jim films. What? The last last call. You can't, they're not going to do another one. They can't do no. Oh, like the, the Ram TRX? Yeah. Okay. That's their thing. The thing is, we have to we have to put this crazy engine in because we can't make another one, which I think is a lie. I think it would be like, I don't know who's a filmmaker that died before they got to make the third one. Mm. Like we'll see if the Mad Max guy uh, makes it. Brandon Lee. <laughs> or yeah, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Okay. Prius. Prius. Prius slash traffic. Um, do you want to talk about the fucking Cybertruck? Do you want to talk about the Cybertruck? <sighs> I think Not really, but we have to, <laughs> honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we only know what we know. We haven't driven it. Very few people have. Right. So I think, you know. You have the floor because right. So I mean, there's you know everyone likes to circle, uh, circulate the clip of me on Joe Rogan from 2019 where I said that they couldn't build it. Um, so everyone can circulate this clip now where I say that was not correct because they built it. Everyone good? We good there? Fucking Tesla freaks. They built it. Okay, they've delivered 12. So it is a real thing. Okay. So that was not entirely correct. Uh, I do think it's important to talk about the reasoning of why I, why I thought that and why that wasn't correct. 
I thought they couldn't build that because it would be massively dangerous to pedestrians. And I thought, I said, this will never meet pedestrian crash standards. What I didn't know in 2019 is that here in the United States, we have no pedestrian crash standards. That's not a thing here. That's a thing in Europe. Really? Yeah. That's what, cars are tall here because of Europe? Well, global cars. Yeah. Glo and manufacturers want some manufacturers value pedestrian safety, but there is no there's no rule, certainly not a rule for trucks wow. that says you must adhere to this pedestrian standard. That's not that's not a thing. Well, yeah, because I mean, there's a ram downstairs here yeah. at WCCS that is the hood is far taller than exactly. my car. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, uh, it, it, particularly if a car is over a certain a certain weight. I, I thought that because I didn't think that Tesla would invest the energy into the Cybertruck if it couldn't be a global product, right? But they did, and it's not a global product. Right. It can't be sold in Europe because of those pedestrian impact standards. Last year, Alex Roy told me that Elon Musk is a piece of shit and Tesla does a lot of terrible things, but you should never bet against them because he's willing to do things that other regular people aren't willing to do, mm -hmm. like bad things. <laughs> like, well, I would also like, say he now has a track record. Uh, like he knows manufacturing. He knows how to manufacture things. Like, you know, whatever you think about panel gaps on the Model 3s and the Ys and stuff, he has built the cars that are now the most popular in the world. And so if he has an idea of how, you know a new vehicle, he knows how to build vehicles, so it's probably a matter of when, not right, right. if. But I, I thought stupidly that if this thing won't meet standards in Europe, that they wouldn't then, they would go, well, it's not gonna meet standards. Yeah, this is only, so, I mean, this is. So they, yeah, so they. this is from May 2023 that they're proposing these standards, but they don't right, exist now. Right, yeah, that's, that is alarming to me. So, yeah, it's, uh -huh. it's not good. Um, so okay, fine. Um, uh, so I was I was wrong about that four years ago, and now they here they go. They're selling them, and there's a lot of people that think that that means I shouldn't be listened to about anything, and that's dumb because people aren't perfect. Um, but uh, so obviously we haven't driven one. Uh, I watched Jason Camisa's film, all 28 minutes of it. I don't know if you know what it takes to get me to watch 28 minutes of someone else's fucking car film. You never watch. Yeah, you don't, don't watch, watch any, car stuff. I don't yeah. watch car shit. Yeah. Because why? Why would I? I? I drive the things, and I can I can call people if I care what they have to say. Um, I love Jason. I think he does an amazing job presenting, and I think this was an amazing, amazingly well put together film. This was a Top Gear quality film. Uh, uh, Jason and Anthony do an amazing job. Um, telling a story, it was it was really really well shot and and um, and really well put together. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, I found some problems with it, um, and a lot of people said, "Well, you need to go watch Jason's film because it's it's more it's balanced. Your opinion's not balanced. His opinion's balanced." I said, "Okay," so I watched it. Um, so I. Uh, I, I I do have some some issues with it. the The biggest issue that I have with with it is its lack of framing, its lack of of contextualizing. Um, it when you talk about Tesla.
to me, I have a I have a pretty long memory, like people in your family, Hannah. And I I think when you talk about Tesla, and a, and a and a new and a product, you they can't really be trusted, in my opinion. They've they've told lots of lies. Um, they've they've and it's important to 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 frame it like like when you're talking about Trump. You know, you can't just be like, well, Trump thinks that uh, that uh, we should uh, we should do this because it'll be better for the country. It's like, oh, you mean the guy who tried to overthrow the government thinks that like you can't you, you have to frame the argument appropriately. Otherwise, you're you're actually both sides in it in a, in a way that's not contextually correct. You know what I mean? Well, you, you don't want to ignore the track record. I don't want to ignore right. the track record. Correct. It's not just like business as usual. And so a lot of the media just face values everything and, it, and doesn't talk about the track record. So Tesla is the company that is selling something called full self-driving right now for a lot of money that is not self-driving. They're being sued for... Um, for uh, the the naming, uh, the implications of both autopilot and full self-driving. Mm-hmm. And by the way, their defense of that is, well, you didn't say anything about it before. You imp- that's the, that story just came out. The imp- the imp- this is the, the case in Florida, correct? The, the, yeah. the case in Florida, the, the defense of those terms as not being misleading is, well, you didn't say anything about it before. That's the, so that's why it's important that our government has teeth, by the way, and uses them. Because if you let it go on an inch, they're going to take it a mile and go, well, you didn't stop me at an inch. Right. I mean, this is the argument of regulation versus Correct. deregulation. Yeah. Um, Tesla took money for an unknown number of, quote, 2020 roadsters that they have not delivered. They took $250,000 from people, and they also promised those cars as payment for using referral codes to influencers such as Marcus Brownlee mm-hmm. for selling cars on their behalf. The whole we don't advertise, but we have referral codes where people can win a car uh, or I should say earn a car that doesn't exist. Right. They had a lot of those. And not just Marcus, right? There were blogs. So many people. Yeah. Yeah. So many people. Um, There is over 30 EPA violations at their Fremont factory. They are uh, majorly involved in union busting. And in fact, there's that case in Norway and Sweden right now where they're, I believe it, was it Norway or Sweden? Where they, the judge just ruled that they do have to respect collective bargaining. Uh, there's a massive strike going on over there right now. Um, they ran in 2019 a Bitcoin, a, a massive Bitcoin pump and dump scam, um, which in fact was all of their profits for that year. They were only profitable because of that. Yeah, so there we go. Pub, that's from that's just from so Sweden. That's from two days ago mm-hmm. in Sweden. Um, and, uh, and they, they, their, their range, uh, estimate, their cars never actually hit their claimed range estimates, car and driver Edmonds, none of these people that have a standardized test for range. The Teslas are the only cars that don't hit them ever. Yeah. They never do. And so to me, that is the context by which we have to look at the Cybertruck. It's from this company that regularly lies about shit, is selling fake product, uh, has taken money for cars that don't exist, um, claims to be environmentally friendly, but their own fucking house is a mess, their Fremont factory. They've run financial scams with Bitcoin. 
Um, and, and their cars don't hit the range that they claim. So that's the framing that I use when looking at a new Tesla product. People could, I suppose, disagree, but those, those things are not actually in dispute. Those are facts. Um, you can choose to ignore them if you want, which, in my opinion, is what Jason did in his video. He didn't provide that context. Yeah, I think he analyzed the truck, right, not the, the truck. company. Right, okay. So um, um, let's see. Uh, in the acceleration runs, the drag racing that he did with the Cybertruck, uh, he said that, that, the, that this, the Cybertruck is the first EV that will go as fast with a low battery as with a full one. Um, both the Taycan Turbo S and the Ramatz Nevera will do that. So that's not actually true. First Tesla, yes, but not the first EV. Yeah, the Taycan would do it down to like 15% yeah, or something, the Taycan, right? The Taycan does it and the Ramatz will do it to zero. All those records that the Ramat set in one day, they did that on one battery. Mm. Um, he, <laughs> uh, he made a, co a coefficient of drag comparison of the Cybertruck, and he compared it to cars like the Bugatti Chiron and other cars. I, don't, I think that's apples to oranges because supercars make downforce. They're, and a car that makes downforce inherently has drag. Yeah, I think it depends on if when he was writing it, uh, was he going for you know the interesting stat because you're because because we do that a lot. We're yep. like, this is as slippery as a Puntosh. I agree. I agree. He's ooh. going for the stat, mm -hmm. but he's not. He didn't. He admitted that the Rivian was slip more slippery. Right. Yeah. Which okay. Yeah. But he compared it to cars that are not known for being slippery. They're known for making downforce. Yeah, I think I think the general public thinks that supercars are slippery. Right, which, which is, is wrong. Which is incorrect. Um, he commented on Tesla's lowering their prices as if they were doing it because they were finding efficiencies in marketing without saying that they were lowering their prices because their sales were way down and they've got old product. So I disagree with the framing of that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's it's clear that that's market forces. It's yes. not altruism. Right, right, correct. It's not altruism. It's not that they're finding cheaper ways to build the Model S or the Model 3 either. Right. Like the they're not, you know, he implied they're passing the savings on to you. No, no, no. Like we, we, the whole country is in a semi-recession. Interest rates are up. People <laughs> mm -hmm. are buying fewer things. And right. they, because they had a really, they had such good profit margin, yeah. they could lower their prices and still make money. Yeah. Um, I think he downplayed the role that 48 volt mild hybrids have had for the last three years. Right. So I, I looked into that a little bit that day and I discussed it with uh, Jason Fenske on Twitter. Audi introduced 48 volts in the A8 in 2017 mm -hmm. and then rolled it out into subsequent models. And like the, the new Range Rover, when I drove it, a lot of cars now have 48 volt anti-roll bar stuff and it's more and more common. Um, so I asked David Tuig, uh, our sort of friend, former lead for, engineer right for, for Renault, Alp yeah. Alpine, and I said, hey, would you do an article about why this is or is not important? Because I'm very curious, because cars like the Taycan still has a 12-volt battery mm -hmm. running some things and then uses its big battery for a lot of other things. So, you know, Jason said that this is a huge game changer. Tesla says it's a huge, huge game changer. I want to know... Why, if that's true, is it so necessary for all the systems? And I know there's copper benefits, yeah. and there are systems that require more voltage. Um, I guess Caterpillar is starting to use it. I'm sorry, John Deere is starting to use 48 volt in place of hydraulic stuff because mm -hmm. you can run more powerful electric motors. But do we need it for everything? I don't know. And it is the first Cybertruck is the first EV to use it, 
But I think in the film, Jason downplayed the role that it's had in hybrids so far. I think he they, said... He, he and said I, it's been used for some bits here and there. Uh, yes. Which this, I think, this is the first one, if I'm remembering him correctly, that said it's, all, it's the only thing the car uses. Mm-hmm. It's not using 12-volt and 48 or anything in between. Right. Um, I, th- this isn't incorrect, necessarily, his opinion on steer-by-wire, but I, have a, I massively disagree with his opinion on steer-by-wire. I think steer-by-wire is bad. Um, I don't think that there should be no connection, but mechanical connection between the steering and the wheels. Um, I think if that system fails, there is no fallback. And so uh, throttle by wire, if it fails, the car will coast to a stop. Mm-hmm. Brake, brake by wire systems have a manual backup, but steer by wire, there is no backup. So I don't actually think it's good. Jason did claim that the Cybertruck is the first production car with steer-by-wire. That's not true. Infinity had it three years ago. Uh, they had it, but as some people pointed out, it still had a shaft attached to it. So this well, that's is the, probably for the best. So this, this is the first steer-by-wire that has no physical connection to the front wheels. I think that's bad. I don't, th- and I, and based on what I know about Tesla, I don't trust them to have the redundancies in place to make that system safe. Well, I think that'll be a question that we will get the answer to it in the future is as Toyota's developing it, Lexus is developing it, are they, you know, have they run enough tests where this doesn't fail? Because if throttle by wire and brake by wire and he referenced airplanes, which is, you know, somewhat valid, like if they can build these things robust enough that they don't fail, then then is it no longer a concern? My question no, almost is almost no cars are built to the rigorous of course not of aircraft, because aircraft are very expensive. certainly not fucking Teslas. But I'm saying, but if brake-by-wire exists, and it does, throttle-by-wire is everywhere, are we just entering a world where the electronic motors and systems are strong enough, robust enough, reliable enough that this isn't an issue? My question is, why does this, why are engineers excited about steer-by-wire? Like, what do they want to do with this space? Like, why do they want to disconnect the well, front wheels and the steering Well, it's probably efficient. It's it's probably you don't have to turn any kind of a pump. Well, you still have to turn you know you still have to turn the wheels. So you still have an electric motor, right? Like but, probably rack and pinion that rotates and turns the screw and turns sure, the wheels. Sure, but but there's no there's no like force feedback motor like a power steering pump. Uh, well, he said on the Carmudgeon podcast you do get force feedback. It's right, manufactured. But it's like video game force right, feedback, so there's still right. a motor against the wheels yeah. saying here's what the wheels feel like. Yeah. I think you know you save parts because you don't have the shaft the steering shaft anymore. But like I'm kind of with you. I just want to know why there's a benefit to going to full steel steer by wire other than they have this infinitely adjustable ratio where you can just turn a little bit in a parking lot and it turns all the way. You know, like that that seems like the only benefit. Yeah, I don't think that's good either. Uh, that's a difference of opinion. I think um, you'd get used to it. I don't like shit you have to get used to. I want the car to come to the driver. I don't want the driver to have to go to the car. You have to, but you have to get used to driving like old sports cars. Like you got to do this. You got yeah, to drive you know. old sports cars. You shouldn't have to get used to driving new shit. I new think, shit should should work for around the human and not the other way around. Uh, I think their hope is that this optimizes steering for the human. So now the human doesn't have to do hand over hand. They get used to just piloting it, you know, with the input they need. And then, yeah. but I think there's a learning curve because you go, okay, how much does it turn the front wheels at one mile an hour, five, yeah. 10, 
you know, all that stuff. I don't know. I yeah. have to. I have to try. I it mean, to that's a difference it. of opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, I do not trust steer by wire. Period. And I certainly don't trust Tesla to do it. I maybe trust Toyota to do it, but I definitely don't. They don't have a history. They have a history of building, of, of putting out some pretty Very janky true. shit, and they have a history of ignoring redundancies. They're talking about camera only True. autonomy. Yeah. True. There's no redundancy. So the company that is throwing redundancy out the window now wants to take the mechanical steering connection away? Fuck that. I am anti that. Um, however, um, let's see. Uh, there's some other things that were not right in his film. He straight-faced says that the Model S uh, got a 5.4 out of 5 in uh, crash testing. Uh, NHTSA immediately disputed that and said there is no such thing as a 5.4. 5 is the highest uh, thing that we offered. When Where did that score come from? Did Tesla build their own like crash machine and then say that it... Yeah, they 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 it, it wasn't based on nothing. It wasn't pulled out of thin air. The Model S was and is a very safe car in a crash, but they used some combination of math that is not actually how it works. And they made those claims. And yeah, there we go. The Verge uh that's this is way back. This is an old story. 2013. Um, so that that well, was that, that's back. Sorry, that's when Tesla said they got a five point four was twenty thirteen. Yeah, that's and when. The, that's when yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and that's okay. when this story was. But but Jason parroted the five point four thing like it's real and it's not. Um, so I have. I, well, it says I, it's a combined record. It's just math they made up. It's then. it's it's cherry picked math. It's yeah. not actually what. Uh, it's not actually how the math works. So that's what I'm saying. Um, Jason also said that the Tesla Model Y is the best-selling car in the world, which it is not. And if you want to pull up my computer as a source. It is now. Here's 2022. It is the fourth best-selling car in the world. It is the best-selling EV, but the uh, Ford F-Series pickup truck, the Toyota RAV4, and the Corolla are ahead of it by a lot. And then if you look at 2023... Is my computer still up, Zach? Mm-hmm. It is. If we go all the way down, it is still. Uh, it is the fourth best uh, for 2023. It's. Uh, I don't know why that's listed. Why mm-hmm. four? Two are listed: the Rav Four and the Tesla. It's actually the fifth best. Somebody wrote that wrong. Fifth best for 2023. So that is not the an actual truth there. Um, and uh, he calls it, uh, Jason calls it bulletproof multiple times. James Gilboy for The Drive debunked that claim uh, and wrote a very long article about it. Uh, while they did shoot some things at it, like a Tommy gun. Uh, uh, and Tommy gun, MP5, and I think a shotgun. Right. So I recommend reading uh, James Gilboy's piece on The Drive. Why does that say... Uh, well, that's what, I'm not trying to argue with your stat on this because there there was a story that when your response and and to Jason's statement about the sales mm-hmm. is because a lot of people were reporting that the Model Y was the best selling car in the world, so, and then there's Reddit posts saying, "Is this actually true?" Because there's people, you know, like I like get yourself a lot of stuff off of Statista, which is a very good website, but this, I mean, this says that is not correct, and 
This car and driver one is as of October. Oh, but the year? article you have up on green cars is from August. Uh, well, true. would green cars be only electric cars? Possibly. Maybe that's right. Uh, I mean, that may be where there's yeah, the an asterisk oh, so on this. this. Yeah. this you can article is using this article is using first quarter. Uh, okay, so 2023 so, uh, first quarter numbers. Yeah, it, the Model Y outsold the Corolla. Wow, it's close. Eleven less than eleven thousand unit difference. Um, Model Y and Corolla selling well in China. I couldn't find anything yeah. newer than this October. Are all of these cars 20, available in all of the countries? Uh, like, is is this also a matter of like manufacturing? Manufacturing the numbers? cars on the on the these are global lists. Yeah. But so it's only cars among only cars that are sold globally in all the same countries. Interesting. I mean, there's definitely some places where the Ford F one fifty is not sold, right. but even if it sells, it sells enough in America that it doesn't enough, matter. Yeah. True. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Green cars is reporting. Green cars agrees that the best-selling vehicle in 2022 was the Corolla. So and, this, this, and then they're saying first quarter of 2023, the Model Y outsold it by 10,600 units um, okay. globally. Q1. So in Q, how many units is that? 267. This is Model Y, 267,000 so uh, globally. Car and drivers says 284,500 as of October. But it also has the F series, the Silverado, and the Ram up there. The Corolla is way down. The Corolla doesn't actually appear on this list. Well, I wonder. Oh, the Corolla is number 13. Well, so this says best-selling cars, so that may oh, remove so this is best-selling. Yeah, this is best-selling everything. Yeah, cars, trucks, and SUVs is this list on so car that's, and driver. That's that's all vehicles basically. That uh -huh. list, and then this is just cars. Okay, so, so okay. I suppose if you cherry pick, and you don't consider the Rav Four a car, it's a crossover. Right, it's a crossover Wait, for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, what do you want? Where, how far? I was just interested in the. It says the data in the article is based on vehicle registrations. I wanted to see if there was anything more. About By the way, let me just say, if the Rav Four is a crossover, so is the Model Y. Uh, I don't think. I don't think. I think it's extremely cherry picky to say that a Rav Four is a crossover and a Model Y is not. Yeah, I agree because the cross the Y was yeah. meant to be a crossover. So if you're going to say the Model Y is anything statistically speaking, well, then the Rav Four has to be considered. Well, this has CRV on it. It has. Yeah. Silverado, Rav, like Rav Four is on this list also. Yeah. Well, wait, but it has trucks. This also has trucks. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. So I think this is only using quarter one of 2023. Yeah. I don't. I. I. Yeah. I. I disagree on on the character. Basically, it depends on the timeline. If If you say it was the best selling car of the year, yeah, you have to specify 2020 well, which this, year. This fucking story this came out over. December one, and like right. And he works for a company that has the data on this, by the way. His he And he, they're always looking at units, he works, not dollars. He works for an insurance company. Um, they have the data on this. Well it depends. I mean they could look at they could look at sales, they could look yeah. at money, or they could look at number of cars. They usually go by I think number of cars. Be, yeah. I mean I would say units. That's what truck all the truck yeah. competitions are like the most selling truck in America, yeah. not the most expensive truck in America. Yeah. <laughs> um, most sold. Not most selling. I like the idea of they get together for that competition. No, they don't, but it's, it's in all the ads. Uh, yes, you exactly. Whoever's... Big difference in advertisement versus so, more so Americans chose super truck over other super truck. 
Um, and also, you know, it, they do. He do, talks a lot about acceleration, and he does not talk about braking. I, I, true. I really, um, I think you know. And if you want, we can we can look at uh, we can look at this. Um, I've got another story up right now that is a, is based in response to a trolley tweet. But basically, uh, the Center for Auto Safety, which is the organization founded by Ralph Nader, um, has expressed a lot of concern about the Cybertruck. Um, basically, that it is very fast and with the and very heavy. Like like, and that's what we've said about you know, the Hummer Electric and 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 Rivian and other very fast and very heavy vehicles, um, you know. But with the shape of it and the quote cold rolled steel exterior, if you hit a person, it's going to cause a massive amount of damage. The faster it accelerates, the faster a driver would need to react, and and the be- the more important your braking uh, is in that in that situation. I have some some doubts about that. Um, but the, uh, it says, uh, uh, let's see, hang on. Um, um, hang on. Sorry. I didn't scroll down enough. Um, two problems. Uh, Mr. Brooks says from the center for auto safety inherent in virtually all current and planned large electric trucks and XCVs are extreme weight and acceleration. Faster acceleration means less reaction time for drivers, while added weight means that the injuries will be more significant when crashes inevitably occur. Um, when Elon said at the launch event, um, if you get into an accident with something else in a Cybertruck, you're going to win. The framing of that is heinous. <laughs> it's not It's not the best statement from a PR because standpoint. Because it implies all kinds of things. Like, so, so what happens? So, so you win. What does win mean? It means that you've massively injured or, or, or destroyed this other car and whatever's inside of it. I mean, it's excellent marketing, but it's the it's the it's a broy way to say it's the safer vehicle. But I think, like, is it going to crumple as much as you know? Modern trucks right now have a lot of plastic. Modern yeah. cars in general, like yeah. you can press on the grill of an F one fifty and it will move. It's not because it's it is cheaper than metal, but it's because it is softer, and that's the beginning of the crumple zone. It's right. all a spring. Yeah, this doesn't have as much spring. Yeah, so the person inside is going to get slammed into the airbag harder, probably. Yes. So I don't know if it's going to be safer or more dangerous. That, that energy will be transferred to whatever you hit. Right. I mean, it, I'm sure it has crumple zones in it, it designed into the metal. But Jason did say in his video, like it feels extremely solid, which could be detrimental to crashing. And yep. some of the edges are sharp. Him and Anthony both cut their like arms, or Anthony cut his jacket and Jason cut his arm on one of the corners. Right. Um, so Ralph so, Nader would talk about that. Right. So are those things going to get changed before it goes to production is a question. The production photos look just like it. I mean, those, I are, those are some nasty looking uh, corners. Or it'll and, be uh, in the update. Of course, also Mr. Brooks says, um, there's two uniquely troubling factors. Uh, the ultra-hard, cold-rolled stainless steel exterior, uh, which uh, they reason is much less forgiving than other modern vehicles. Uh, it, it may stop a bullet and Joe Rogan's arrow, but what happens when it strikes a human body? Less yield, more energy transfer, resulting in enhanced injuries is the most likely answer. Uh, Elon is generally correct 
when he says, if you have an argument with another car, you will win as long as, quote, winning means inflicting life-threatening damage to other humans on the road without corresponding damage to the occupants of Cybertruck. Whether there are sufficient crumple zones to protect those inside the vehicle who may be exposed to heightened crash forces due to the lack of crush area to distribute the energy transmitted. If you have a wall with an, uh, if you have an argument with a wall or a large truck, chances are the occupants of the Cybertruck will not win. Fully, or furthermore, the last potentially disastrous variable, Brooks says, is that the truck is equipped with Tesla's, quote, full self-driving features, which are anything but and remain unsafe, unproven, and untrustworthy, which I agree with. Um, so I w- the cra- here's the crash test I'd really like to see. Cybertruck versus Model S. Head on. Why? Why? Because the Model S is so safe in no small part because it has fantastic crumple zones. So because there's no engine, right? There's a there's a amazing the frunk is an amazing crumple zone. The car will get fucked up, but the people won't be hurt. So this the truck is designed like an old brick Volvo where it's hard and tough. Right. But that that was later. Modern cars are not built like that. They're built to crumple. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to crumple. They're supposed to give. And so, and 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 yeah. If you hit somebody with an elect, an EV Hummer or a fucking TRX or a twenty five hundred, they're going to get fucked up too. But I just I think it's a it's a it's a it's an in your face example of. I don't give a fuck about anything outside of this car. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. That's a personal opinion that I don't like that. But I think it's a terrible trend we've got ourselves on. Pedestrian and cyclist deaths are way up since 2009. They were decreasing, 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 and then sharply up. And there's you know, there's cell phone use and there's all that kind of stuff that go hand in hand with that. But big SUVs, tall hood heights, and and I think... This is just making that worse, not better. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It is definitely not the safest vehicle, or at least it doesn't appear to be from the perspective of anybody on the outside. And even yeah. inside of it, we'll see. Like, I'm curious when NHTSA does testing with the crash dummies with all the instruments, are the people inside getting hit with more force by airbags and whatnot because there's less crumpling happening? Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, I. You know, I'm sure they'll f- I'll find some way to drive one eventually, but I also don't think that it will. I don't think it's going to s- help the environment. You know, Jason made a, made comparisons in his video to a DeLorean and an LM002, mm-hmm. which are fun comparisons with this thing, but they ignore two things about both the DeLorean and the LM002, which is they were massive failures. <laughs> They were niche products and massive failures. Um, there are a lot of lessons in the DeLorean that are not learned by Tesla. The stainless steel was actually course, bad. Right. Yeah. They try, I thought they might learn it because the fucking Falcon wing doors on the Model X are garbage, and they tried to do a DeLorean thing there. Um, DeLorean, the, the, they didn't sell a lot of cars. The company was out of business in two years. The LMO2, I think they built 600 trucks total. And that was a military project, and that thing was built before anyone was really concerned about safety or anything. 
Yeah, but I mean, well, but there's clearly more interest in the Tesla Cybertruck based on the deposits, the number of deposits sure. made, than the LM002. Sure, but a, a mass production vehicle being compared to these sort of niche, weird failure products is sort of strange, and I don't think it's an it's the right comparison. Uh, I think like it depends on. Like you sort of like, well, why why are tr all trucks shaped the same way? Well, it's because they have to serve a function. So I don't think the Cybertruck is going to pull people who use a truck for work into that. I don't I think, think it'll pull many. And I hope if people are listening and they're contractors or whatever, they they respond because a lot of trucks nowadays offer 240 volt in the bed. Like yeah. we had that F-150 with the power boost system, Ram does it now. Whether you get a lightning or the gas truck with the power boost setup, you can run a welder out of yeah. like every truck, out of a truck from every manufacturer now, yeah. which I think is a fucking brilliant system, great, and I'm assuming that it's really beneficial to people on job sites. So I don't think this truck invented that whole thing no. at all. I mean, a truck is shaped like it is because it's a utility tool. Yeah, I don't think this is a truck. I think this is a ute. I think this right. is a crossover with a bed. The bed is a strange shape. They didn't put anything in it. Whatever. People will do that later. It's it's like it's like the Hyundai Santa Cruz I drove. Yeah. That had a really short bed, which makes it fairly useless if you want to transport a dirt bike or mountain bikes, unless you want to have them hanging over the tailgate. This will be the same thing. It will transport activity shit in the back. But you can't see out of it. You have to close the tonneau cover to, to lock your things up. You can't see it. Then you don't get to see out of the window. You have to use the camera. Like, there's a lot of um, compromises you make compared to a normal truck or something like the Rivian. Right. So I don't think it. I don't think it reinvents the pickup truck. I think it takes a lot of elements that are common in crossovers and just puts a bed on it. Uh, but I think the problem is it's not. They're not going to convert pickup truck drivers into a more efficient vehicle. What they're going to do is they're going to convert Tesla Model S drivers into a less efficient vehicle. Mm -hmm. Into a heavier and more wasteful and less efficient vehicle. This is Which is bad for society. If you own a Model S and a TRX, this is for you. Yeah. Like I, I, and I understand that market force. But that's, a, that's against <clears throat> Tesla's stated mission. You know, if they're trying to be efficient and they're trying to save the fucking world, a 6,800-pound truck that pulverizes pedestrians is not the same company that sold the Model S. Right, but I think this is like a Model – the Model X didn't really do that. It was super heavy, and, yeah, it was very slippery, but it was a really, really heavy vehicle. You know, if you hit someone with that, it's going to hurt them very, very much. So I think this is just a bro-y version yeah. of that vehicle. I just think that that's bad for the society. Sure, but I think there's – I think – I agree, and I'm not surprised they made it because people were excited about it, and it caters to a group of people that want something that looks like this but feels like a Model S. It's got, it's going to drive like the Model S does, rear steer, all that shit. It's going to feel like that, and it's going to steer quick and handle fine, but these, it looks like these people a are, space These gun. are going to be the fucking biggest asshole drivers on the road are going to be driving these things. Because if it has this really quick steering ratio mm -hmm. and all this power and no visibility and a fucking and the attitude of if we get into a crash, I'm fucking you up and not the other way around. But on the other hand, if they dent one of those panels, you can't oh, fix it. So dude, I think people wait, might be really careful. Till, no, they yeah. won't. I think not until they, they crash one. The first right. in the beginning, they won't know. 
Wait until they start crashing. But all it things. takes is it's going to take the f- the first person that takes delivery that bumps into something will then post photos and maybe it'll take a long time to repair it or get a new panel, whatever. Like that story will go around the earth very quickly. And I think then you'll have people that will be very scared of denting their cyber truck because they're like, fuck, it's how long to get a new panel? Dude, this uh, you is can't a, repair they, this they, at the they shop. They can't get panels for their regular cars. That's what now. I'm saying. Yeah. I agree. I it's know. It's going to be a real problem. Right. And it may be... Stainless steel is a bad material for cars. Uh, Trust me, I owned a DeLorean. I know. No, no, I know. <laughs> it's and that's not why the, good. the ones that have paint on them are because they didn't want to pay for the whole new paint. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible material for a car in terms of its serviceability. Mm-hmm. It looks cool and it's strong, but... If you dent it, like you have to wait for a new panel, which body shop is going to have it? There's yeah. already long waiting lists for, or there were for a while to get your regular Tesla repaired. Yeah, no. If you, if you, it, it could take a very long time to get a Tesla fixed if right. you have to replace a bumper or a hatch. Or now, something like that. if Tesla wants to sell you the new panel instead of making it repairable, is that a new revenue stream for them, or an additional revenue stream? If it's an insurance scam. I mean, if they're assuming insurance is going to pay for it because nothing is under the deductible. I read an article gonna... about that, and, and it, there are companies now that have popped up to be insurance advocates for people because a lot of insurance companies don't want to pay the cost that mm-hmm. Tesla's charging to repair your Model 3 or Model S. And, well, they're crazy expensive to yeah, insure. They're yeah. among the most expensive cars to insure on the road because of this, because they know if you fuck one up, it's going to be crazy money. Yeah. So, I mean, I you know, I think... Um, some of this will remain to be seen, but like, I, I I don't think it moves society in the right direction. I think I think the very concept of doing a cyberpunk vehicle doesn't understand what cyberpunk is trying to say. It's a warning, not a fucking thumbs up. Um, yeah, but it, like with this, it's an aesthetic design. They go, what if we made a car that looked like it's from 2085 based on things we've seen in movies? And if you build that, people go, oh, wow, and it excites the part of our brain that yeah. was nine and watch RoboCop. People don't understand that movie pop, movie props and real cars are different for a fucking reason. People are so dumb. But I think we, we want our cars to look like movie props or look super cool. I mean, look at Koenigsegg. When that rolled out, it was, what the fuck? Like, we have seen so many supercars, and that was a totally different design. <laughs> Wraparound windshield looked really special and really interesting. Sure, but extremely niche product Mm -hmm. millions of dollars you know single or double digit units sold right Um, but psychologically it excited people and now you have something that excites people that doesn't cost 2.6 million dollars so of course I mean you're going to sell a ton of them yeah I just I don't think that the person's doing that is should be like heralded as the savior of humanity because it's actually accelerating the decline. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think the thing bad. with this truck is there's like three different discussions you can have. You can have, how does the truck perform? And I think Jason addressed some of that well, and I think he missed on some things. And then there is, what does the company do? And do we like what they're doing? And then it's like, what does it say about society in general? Or, you know, those are like... Right, but companies have a choice, right? You know, companies can build things that are good for society or build things that are bad for society. And they ultimately either know or they don't. And no one's told them, you know, like Model S Tesla 2013, despite the bullshit with the safety ratings... That that 
I believe that company that existed then was trying to do good for society. Mm. Now, I do not. Now, I think that what they're building now is feeding an us versus them mentality. You're with me or you're or if we get into an argument on the road, we're going to win. I think it's uh, I think they're building memes and money. I think they're going what what will sell well and is entertaining because like Elon has demonstrated he just wants to entertain himself a lot of times and he can build a vehicle that will entertain him that will also entertain a lot of people. And I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, I guess. I just I think that I think that the, this it's bad for the world. I think a lot of companies that do things are bad for the world. Yeah. And most of them just go. Most of them don't give a shit. They just want to make money. Sure, but I I think if I'm going to sit here and call myself a journalist, then I feel a responsibility to go. This is bad for the world. I mean, I think the TRX was bad for the world. I said that yeah, too. Yeah. A lot of people got real fucking mad. And I've said every time we've driven a super heavy electric truck that goes really fast, I've said that's bad for the yeah, world. I agree. My third or second to last post before fucking quitting Twitter was, for the record, all 7,000-pound electric vehicles are bad. Yeah, that's why we're pro-hybrid. It just yeah. makes way more sense. And, 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 you know, encouraging people to drive the smallest vehicle that will suit their need, the lightest vehicle that will suit their need, the most efficient and least mineral and intensive vehicle that will suit their need, I feel like is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And you can still have really fun cars. There's still plenty of fun cars that fall in that in that thing. But if you're driving an enormous truck, you're you're taking up space that is supposed to be shared with other people. You're 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 putting your your own personal safety inside this vehicle far ahead of the of of the safety of whatever you might hit yeah and yeah i think most and people I think that's bad i mean it started in the 90s with suvs yeah but then that's where it began yeah and a lot whenever i say something like that some fucking guy goes well my wife drives a suburban because mm-hmm. i fucking if she's gonna hit something i want you know her to be fine it's like well what a, do you feel anything for the person that she hits people will always care more about themselves than other people and I mean, i'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying that. to say that i'm that's... not saying that i want to die in a car crash so that the other person can live but there's that there is a whole lot of gray area in between that, if mm-hmm. you if you drive a smaller, lighter car and you hit something, you're going to do less damage to that person and cause less injury to yourself. Right. I think this is why you need organizations like NHTSA because hum- humans will make individual choices that advance their own interest or protect their own interest the most. And then you need an, an objective body to just look at data and go, okay, way more pedestrians are dying now. Then they contact the OEMs and say – do what Europe does. You need pedestrian crash standards now yeah. because because you guys are making what the people want to buy, and the people will just buy things that are ultimately too dangerous for people around yeah. them. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think it's <clears throat> it's we need to have a a, a government that actually does something <laughs> that actually goes. This is very dangerous, mm-hmm. and look and there's a, a chart. The pedestrian death chart is like crazy. How fast it goes up. Yeah, it's back up to what did I, I put in response? Some guy incorrectly said that they were lower than ever, and it's like they're actually back up to the level they were in 1981 or something, like the highest they've been in 40 years. Or the lowest they've been in 100, if you want to look at it that way. Hannah, your thoughts. Here we go. If you would like to 
If you would like to see the chart, uh, Zach, you can make my computer uh, yours, the source, source right now. Um, this article is May of 2020, so it's a couple of years old, but U.S. pedestrian deaths highest level in 30 years. So they were, they were, Han, you want to look at this chart? I mean, maybe people shouldn't walk so much. Just saying. Yeah. Maybe we should <laughs> have the victim. Everyone was in a car. Yeah. totally car They were asking society. for it. Yeah. Wow, I mean, Hannah. Wow. So they uh, they were the the low was two thousand and nine forty one hundred, um, and it's now uh, twenty twenty. They're up to sixty five ninety. Uh, do we have twenty twenty three? Let's see. Um, That's twenty twenty two. It's a lagging indicator. Uh, oops, not not yeah, standards. That's, mm-hmm. that's wrong. Oh boy. Oh boy! Oh, we had that stat. Huh? I think Zach, what you were saying before, just about the you know the psychology of it all, is even like back when I was at Mattel and we were doing research on Hot Wheels, mm-hmm. you know, with kids, with you know, young kids, and we would talk to them about like, why do you like this car over the others? The answer was always because it looks fast, you know, like, and that was just what it was. It yeah. was it wasn't you know, oh, because it looks like it could. Okay. Do well for society. So it's just right. it looks fast. Yeah, and we grow up just thinking those same things. You know, even a few years ago when I did the research for Toyota, it was the same. Like, here's all these amazing features. Here's the safety features. Here's you know the technological features, and it comes down to like that one's the prettiest. Right. I'll take it's it. like what does it what does it make us feel? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. If we could We're make us feel cool, us fast, or safe, or superior, or tough, or whatever. I mean, that's why. I think a lot of people are drawn to big trucks with tires. It's like it, it feels like a part of their personality. It feels Yeah, it tough. says something about totally. who you are. Right. Um, so 2019, it was 6590. Okay. 2022, 7500. Oh, that's a huge jump. That's Three a huge years. jump. It's up 70. Pedestrian deaths are up 77% <laughs> since 2010. Um, and it's the highest it's been in 41 years. So. Um, and then there's some further data here. 7,508 pedestrian deaths nationwide. That's in 2022. Uh, 77% happened after dark. Uh, let's see. That is Passenger not excuse- cars no, accounted for the most crashes, but deaths involving SUVs increased at a faster rate. Um, the driver's sight lines are not nearly as good, blah, 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 yeah. et cetera. Uh, 69% of pedestrian fatalities happen in places with no sidewalks, up from 59% in 2017. Speeding involved in 8%. 60% happened on non-freeway arterial roads, which have more traffic and higher speed. Um, 18% happened on freeways, including those involving stranded motorists and first responders. Mm. Uh, shocking, racial, racial and ethnic minorities bear a growing burden in traffic deaths. Jesse Singer, who wrote There Are No Accidents, is going to come on the book, on the podcast and talk about that. I think January um, she's booked. Right? Yeah. And uh, let's see. Uh, someone from NHTSA said, one of the big things is that, that there's been a historic and systemic underinvestment in infrastructure of these communities of color, things like sidewalks, lighting, crosswalks. Slowing speeds, road designs that slow down drivers and force vehicles to go at speeds that are safer for pedestrians, uh, something I agree with. And, uh, yeah, that's it. All the progress lost over the past 30 years, we have lost that. 
it's that interesting discussion of if the infrastructure is not going to support people, then the private market has to do the job. And the private market is you have to sell cars that don't kill people as easily when you right. hit them with your car. Right. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that's uh, that's that. I have absolutely nothing else to say about the Cybertruck until I drive one. Will Turo one? Yeah, it's gonna be so expensive. Turo one. <laughs> it will. Fucking three grand or something. It'll be so dumb. Well, eventually they'll be so common. It'll probably be a lot less. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, are there questions, mm-hmm. or do we do we want to? Uh, we have a bunch. Or we have a few. I think there's a reasonable amount. I would okay. say. Let's see if we can get through some because I'm gone for the rest of the week. They're so. all for Hannah. Yeah. Um, David Bodenstein <laughs> says, uh, since you guys live in California where this is particularly relevant, do you think tractor trailers are becoming more and more of a rolling roadblock with how fast modern cars are? I think it, it, no. it should be like Europe where tractor trailers have to stay in the right lane. They mostly do, though. I think people are the roadblock. I mean, I, I think probably other regular cars are more so than trucks, but there are definitely places. Where, where, where do we just go? Where are we just driving in? Florida. Where, Florida. Not well yet. Florida actually wasn't as bad in terms of that. But you think Tennessee? We were, Tennessee. We were just when we were driving from Atlanta to Tennessee, where it was a two-lane freeway and trucks, lots of trucks passing each other at one mile an oh, hour right. differentials. Yeah. I that is, hate that, that is annoying. I understand that they have efficiency, like they set their crews or whatever it is. But I think the, there's a way bigger problem nationally with people camping in the left lane mm-hmm. and it's so much of a problem that there's laws now in some states that it's a ticketable offense yeah. so and they're not ticketing i assume they're not taking lots of trucks they probably didn't write the law for that yeah it's for assholes uh gunner ray says enough. if you each got a cosworth v uh, gma v12 in a crate what would you put it in uh, oh something small something yeah i mean but it's kind of a long engine right uh Find a way to put it in my 328. That would be so sick. I put it in like a noble or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh um, no, Jaguar. We would do it. Oh, put it in yeah. that. Oh, in, a, in an XJS. Yeah, that would be excellent. I think that Zach is right. Um, Dustin says, uh, "Do you think Spiker could be reborn and have an SUV to be sustainable, or an electric Spiker?" Uh. I think it's very hard to start a car company right now, and I think Spiker didn't get the uh, the ed- they. I think they had their shot, and I and it didn't work out. Unfortunately, the cars are really cool. Jamie Kipman just wrote a fucking humdinger of a piece about the Fisker Ocean uh, for Road and Track that is worth your read. Um, I didn't write anything because we got one for a day. Uh, and it was supposed to be for a week, but it was only for a day. I said, come get this thing. It sunk. It was, it was no bueno. Ocean, get it. It's um, not great. Wasn't your best word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You find the best by just sifting through everything. Yeah. Uh, Chunhound says, <laughs> why do automatic watches dominate the marketplace if mechanical engagement is a major, major motivation behind owning mechanical watches? Shouldn't watch people prefer the extra level of engagement that manual winding offers? Um, I hear your point, but not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there are a lot of manual winding watches, but... Most manual winding watches don't have the water resistance that automatic watches do because they don't typically have a locking crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Speedmaster doesn't. The White Weiss watch doesn't. Definitely doesn't. Um, so I think a lot of people, even those who want a mechanical engagement, would usually go for water resistance versus manual winding. Also, engagement, 
I mean, we use that word a lot with manual transmissions, but yeah. like winding your watch for 48 seconds yeah. is not worth the trade-off of not having to wind it and having the convenience of an automatic watch. Like that sensation, I'm not like, oh, yeah. like I like it. I really yeah. like the Weiss manual watch. It's cool. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Trade-off. Uh, I, 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 I think there's no generalization there. There are some—Jeremy Clarkson wrote a whole thing about how he likes his manual wind watch because he's 60 now and has nothing else to do, which I think is funny. And, and, and there's people that love the idea of waking up uh, and, and winding their, uh, their watch. And, uh, and that's cool. But I don't think we can—I uh, th- I don't think you, you uh, can generalize the entire watch community. Um, uh, I think we covered Alejandro's there. Justin says, thinking about a Cayman for a daily in the Bay Area. Love the idea and sound of the GTS, but it's pretty much 50% more than what a Cayman S goes for. Is the GTS worth the premium, uh, or is it not worth that much of an increase? I think it is because it's a six-cylinder. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think it is. You probably lose less money on it. It'll hold its value better also. So you pay more up front, you'll, you'll get more on the back end. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Dean is looking to replace his M140 hatch with either an M2 Competition or 997 Carrera S. Uh, I, uh, let's see. A lot of words here. Sorry. Um, oh, concerned about back seat space. Should I just accept that I'm going to have to drive my family wagon more often and get the Porsche, or should I get the M2? to drive it more often like I currently do with my 1 Series? That's a you question, but I know lots of people with young kids who put them in the back seat of sports cars. Yeah. I mean, a 5-year-old can probably fit just fine in the back seat of a 911. For a while, for sure, unless he's really, really tall. When do you have, Hannah, when do you stop using car seats? Me personally? No, like yeah. The, when will you, know, you like stop? Kids, when do kids stop using thing, car seats? It's a thing, not an age thing. Okay. Oh. Usually when they're like six. So Thad's kid's already out of yeah. <laughs> car seats. <laughs> kid's 80 pounds so and benches 200. they go from like 200. the full car seat to a booster seat mm-hmm. you right. know, and so on. So yeah. it really depends on the girth of the child. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that's a you question. Do you want a car that you can drive more because your kid can fit better in the back? Or do you want a car that's like more special feeling. I, yeah, I, I would get the more special one. Yeah. And then it'll feel more special when you drive it because you'll drive it a little bit less than the M2. And you'll probably find a way to fit the kid in the back. For a while. Uh, Levi Sinclair says, uh, oh, when I used to, I was talking about how when I used to sell drugs, I spent my uh, cash on guitars and systems for my cars. Knowing what I know now, 20 years later, if I had the chance to go back and tell him what to spend that money on, what would he buy? What like what would I tell myself 20 years ago to buy? Fucking Rolexes, all Rolexes. I would just buy like uh, Amazon stock. I mean, yeah, I'm assuming that. you're not stock, but yeah, Apple stock. Yeah. But but like it's drug money, so you're not buying stocks with buy drug money. Buy 997 Porsches. I mean, or old G bodies. If I had bought, I could I could have probably quadrupled my money, if not more, if I had bought all steel Rolexes back then. But it's also important when you're a kid and you get that kind of money to get that sort of spending out of your system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know? Because now, yeah. now I know a little better. I, I'd hope so anyway. Ish. But like... Ish. Yeah. But like... <laughs> cars and fixture frames. <laughs> it was important to... Uh, yeah, framing. Now I'm saying Oh, my framing. God. Framing. Um, okay. 
Oh, house question. Hen, yes. house question. Bud215 is moving out of Philly and is house hunting, already combing through Zillow. Uh, my uh, my wife would like to buy a house, hire a contractor, and make it our own. I say what, buy one that's already done. Can you speak on your experience? What do you look for in picking the right house, and how did the contractor know what you wanted? I don't think there's any house that is totally going to be exactly what you want. So it's just like, do you want to do a little bit of work or a lot of work? There's so few houses that are like perfect move-in ready. Everything. You always want to change like a little something. But at the same time, I mean, when Matt and I bought our house, when we walked into that house, I hated it. And Matt was able to look at it and say, like, there's great potential here. And I'm so literal that I was just Mm. like, nope, it's only, you know, these yellow walls and these red tiles and like... This is it. And so it really just comes down to your ability to envision what you're yeah, going to want and need. Right. Especially um, if you know, like I have friends that are architects that have renovated their own houses because they they know, well, we have a beam here. We can take out this wall. Mm-hmm. It'll still be safe. So they go, we can open this whole room up yeah. without having to call a contractor and ask, what can we do with this place? Yeah. And also like contractors, a, a good contractor is gold. You got a good contractor, that's that's a clutch move. And our contractor was incredible. But a contractor doesn't always have a vision or understand your vision. And so it's also important if you're not a designer to work with a designer that can help with your vision and maybe provide some of their own. Um, you know, Sarah and Webb, who did our house, um, they they had a vision that they they worked with us um, with and they they did these 3D renderings so we could see what it was going to look like and make changes, and then it was easy for the contractor to complete it. If you leave well, they the, you Sarah know. and Webb also knew us, and that was, yeah. was so lucky. You know, we weren't hiring someone and trying to explain who we were and what our lifestyle was like. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd been to our house. Remember when they were at the Venice house and I was making them a cup of coffee and I had to climb up on the counter and then stand up to reach the mugs yeah. and they were able to be like, right, that. We're never doing no, that. Notes, don't you know? do that. And yeah. they know that I was so, te- like, I'm so sensitive to textures. They took me out to touch door handles, you know. So we were very lucky, I think, right. with that level of someone who knows us that and well. And I, th- I think that's also a budget discussion for somebody. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And if you can't afford a personal designer and stuff, do a lot of research. There's probably tons of YouTube videos and TikTok videos guiding you through like, here's what's possible with a home. Here's things you can open up. Here's an architectural style from the 50s that can be changed and modernized based on these things, you know, mm-hmm. like open. What's it called? Open concept. That's yeah. like whatever it wants to do now is just yeah. knock all the walls down. Yeah. See everything. Well, that's what that's kind what of we did. That's what right. we did. You did. We turned three rooms into one. Yeah. Um, but I, it also depends on like. The, if you if you're looking through Zillow and you find a house that's done, and it's and you can afford it, I mean that's that's nice, you know, or that that so it depends it's, on what you find. Also. And it's how much time you have. You know, we were very lucky that we could live in the Venice house while we redid right the new house. You know, but like if we tried to move into the new house and renovate it at the same time, yeah, that, that would have been, been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Been horrible. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. it took it was two years, so it was a real problem. Yeah. So it's great now. And I can only have so much sawdust in my hair before <laughs> it starts to mess around with things. Yeah, it's good now. 
Uh, last one, James Carville. Hannah, Hannah, what was your favorite Mattel toy? Because Hannah used to work at Mattel. Um, I did used to work at Mattel, and my favorite toy is a hard question to answer because I had such personal attachment to toys. So my favorite toy to do research on was uh, WWE action figures because it was often with adult collectors, and we were talking to people who knew that it was staged, that it was you know a dramatic thing, but didn't care and loved it anyway, and I just love passion mm. so much. Um, but then, like, also I loved, uh, we made a Bubble Guppies toy called the Clambulance, it was, which was based on a, cart- a preschool cartoon that, like, I just loved being able to say Clambulance. That's a um, fun word. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there were, you know, so many of those kinds of things that just made me very it, happy. Zach, are you looking at a picture of the toy? Yeah. I, is it exactly what I think it is? Uh, I've never seen the Clambulance before. I'm trying to find it. Um, I'm trying to think of any Mattel toys. If I ever see an ambulance parked outside a strip club, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) that's the on call. It was a preschool cartoon, just so we're clear. But um, Uh, here we go. Okay. Somebody called the clambulance. Oh, it's an Mm -hmm. oh, it's it's an ambulance. Yeah. For clams. Look at that sick little clam. Where's the shell? That's why it's sick. Pulled out of the shell. Yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah, yeah. but I like the name much more than the product itself. It's just being able to say clambulance. I agree. Because you can yeah. only get so like annoyed at work when you're working on clambulances all day. Yeah, that's like the um, book we have at our house. That's how to teach your cat about gun safety. Great book. Which is a yeah, great, great title. Great title yep. for a book. <laughs> but there's like crazy right wingy shit in there. Oh really? Yeah, I, never, yeah, I just yeah, like yeah. seeing it. Yeah, no, yeah. you don't. You just want to see it on the wall. You don't want to actually. It would have been read fine if it was blank inside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. But... You just probably cut it up and frame the cover. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. All right. That's our show. Uh, I'm going uh, to Finland. Uh, you guys are going to hear uh, Batim, which was actually recorded yesterday. Uh, that's going to go up on Thursday. Yes. Congratulations to Scott Sterling. To Scott Sterling, the winner of our contest. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, seeing him in L.A. to collect his watch. We will we'll get out at him directly. That's excellent. And to everyone else who entered, that's all of all of you did uh, did a good deed. Mm-hmm. Raised a lot of money, did, gave a lot of blood, a lot of platelets, and and hopefully one of you guys gets um, gets a call that says we need your stem cells, and you'll uh, you'll step up then too. Also, I have finished my notebook, the blue, and actually I finished it so well that I had to put a post-it on the inside back cover. Wait, what? Because. Tell them about your next notebook that's coming. Oh yeah, because my big news. I, we found in Miami these these notebooks. Wait, let made me go of, to the tight shot for we this. Made of, we found in Miami these notebooks made of stone paper. It's paper made from recycled stone. So and does it weigh a thousand pounds? No, no. But it is fe- it from Moses? The Moses paper, Publishing. The paper feels really, really nice. It feels like velvet. Really it's velvety and slick to write on, but it's also waterproof. So you Ooh. spill a fucking beverage on right. your shit, you just wipe it off. What? Yeah. Uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's called uh, Karst. K-A-R-S-T is the is the company that makes them. And they make legal pads and sketchbooks and stuff, too. So what are you going to do with the other 42 notebooks you have that I, are empty I, and This could be the next level of notebook. I don't know. It might also be terrible, but I'm going to try it. This animation they have is no joke. Really? Yeah. It's also, like, tear-resistant, I think, because it's... Uh, Stone. Terror resistant. We called our own paper expert. We did. Um, I, we called Brad. I, this is Who? when you plug his company. Oh, yeah. Brad owns a company called uh, 
The fuck is this paper? Oh yeah, Elum. They they make paper goods. They made our wedding invitations. Yeah, they make they make stuff like on paper. And I was like, hey man, is this stone paper legit? He's like, oh yeah, it's awesome. Like we had so, a guy on the inside who could g- tell us. <laughs> so I'm uh, I had to add a post-it note rather than start a new a new notebook because this new notebook is on the way. Cool. I'm excited. This I is get wild. excited about stupid shit. Stone notebooks though. See, awesome. It's your Cybertruck. Oh. <laughs> 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 End. End. <laughs> End. 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 End.